What's up, Playlisters? Brian from Playlist Wars here. Just want to let you know that while this show is on hiatus, both Gomez and I have separate shows that are part of the Playlist Wars extended universe, if you will. Gomez has the Sleevy G Show, which you can find at SleevyGPodcasts.com. And I have a new show entitled My Weekly Mixtape, which you can find over at MyWeeklyMixtape.com. Both shows are also available on all podcast platforms just by searching Sleevy G Show or My Weekly Mixtape. And Playlist Wars will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of the show. This is Playlist Wars. Welcome to Playlist Wars. I'm part of the dynamic duo. My name is Gomez with my co-host, partner in crime, Mr. Brian Colburn. And we have a special guest tonight, Melissa Boylow from the Songs from the Attic radio program on 87.7 FM WVOARadio.com, which appears on Sundays between 10 and 11 a.m. Guys, welcome to the show. Looking forward to this one. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. I am very excited about tonight's episode. Let me tell you. I actually am kind of pumped about this one. When you had asked me to do this, I'll do this anytime, anywhere to talk about Billy in any area I get to, so I am thrilled that you asked me to be a part of this. Yes, tonight's episode about Billy Idol is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, you are a funny guy. <laughs> he is. He, he He's a he's part comedian during his day. That's why he's on daytime shift, not night times, guys. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, you know what, though? I, I guarantee you someone's going to write into us and be like, why aren't you guys doing a Billy Idol episode, man? We, you know what? <laughs> we'll get to that another year, another time. I was, you right. have to have a huge list, I would think, by now of people that you should. Oh, it's just every time it's like, oh, I got to add that to the list. I got to yep. add that to the list. I can't imagine. Yeah. Actually, we are forgetting one guy, the boss. I was going to ask you. That's already on. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. And we're from New Jersey. I think it's contractually obligated that we do that. But enough <laughs> about bands that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, let's talk about Billy Joel. Let's talk about Billy Joel. So tonight's show, the format is really simple. Obviously, as we've said, our topic is Billy Joel, and the three of us have each created a playlist with our top 10 favorite songs of his, none of which have been shared between us prior to this recording. Throughout the episode, we're each going to reveal our track one through track tens one by one and craft what we each feel is the perfect Billy Joel playlist. After the episode, we turn it over to you, our amazing listeners, to vote via the link in our show notes or at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com to decide which one of the three of us got it right. In those same show notes on our website, you can also listen to each of our playlists just in case you want to hear where we're coming from with our choices. So before we get started, Melissa, this is probably the most redundant question you probably get all the time. But why are you looking forward to talking about Billy Joel's music tonight? My life, no pun intended, <laughs> is absolutely the core of it is Billy Joel. He he really, the man and what has happened because of his existence has truly changed the course of my life and has been a part of me since I don't know how long. I can't tell you when I became a fan. I can't tell you how I became a fan. But I have my radio show now. And on my grave when I die, I want it to say, Billy Joel fan, educator, then wife, daughter. After that. So, <laughs> wow. The Billy Joel fan first is, is first. Like she, that's it for my life. People, I get a kick out of the fact that there's people that don't know me 
and they're like, wow, there's this girl and she loves Billy Joel. That That's me. I'm the girl. That's awesome. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, I don't think so. And I don't like to say, you know, people are like, oh, she's a stalker crazy fan. No, I'm passionate and it's music based and it's life based. So amen. And a lot of his songs are so iconic and so memorable and it's kind of funny. I never really got to see any of his. Con- I never went live to any of his concerts. I wish what? I did. Oh, I was deprived because either I couldn't afford it or there's always something going on during that time. We're going to have to remedy that, man. You need to see him at Madison Square Garden. That's uh, you know, what's funny. I've caught a lot of his of the MSG shows. And every time, even not being there live, I will say this. The hairs on the back of my neck oh. stand just listening to that man play that piano and sing his tunes. I have goosebumps right now thinking about seeing him there. I've seen him at a lot of other places, but there really is nothing like a show at the garden in New York, his home base. It's unbelievable. The energy in that building. One big family. It's one big family. Yes, it is. And to be honest with you, as being a New York Ranger fan, I know how it is because I love my Rangers. Sorry, I have to do my. That's on my list of to do. I I want to go to a Rangers game. I'm gonna tell you, Melissa. You thought Billy Joel concert was unreal? Go catch a Ranger game there, and you'll be overwhelmed more than a Billy Joel concert. Ah. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna settle this right now. The next time the Rangers are playing one night and Billy Joel's playing the next night, we're all going. We're getting tickets, and we're going to both nights. It's gonna (laughs) be a weekend thing. That would be actually kind of cool. I would do that in a heartbeat. Me too. Now, Gomez, I'm gonna have to say something here. You and I, the cards are stacked against us tonight. They are. So we better be bringing our A games. <laughs> but because <laughs> we really better, man. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I think I brought a really good game here tonight. What I think are 10 of the greatest songs I love that are truly passionate to me, passionate to that man, and probably passionate to Melissa because I have a feeling we might cross some paths with a couple of songs here tonight. I'm interested to see if that happens. Me too. Me too. So let's not wait any longer, Melissa. As our esteemed guest, why don't you kick us off with your track one? Well, I had to, obviously, my show, Songs from the Attic, got its name from my favorite live album. Uh, and I really think there's no better entrance to a Billy show ever than when he starts with Miami 2017. So my first choice is from the songs in the attic album miami 2017 very nice and that version in particular the way it starts because that's not how it starts anymore when he comes out and plays it and it's one of those songs that post 9-11 has a whole new meaning um and it was i remember he had an interview and he was saying how i never thought i'd see the day when the lights really went out on broadway and you know, fast forward now with even Corona, they went out for a while too. But I that I feel like you got to kick the show off with a typical show live starter, and of course a track from the live album that I adore. So that's my number one. I absolutely love this song. However, it's my track two. Oh, and I have a reason for that, which I'll get to when I get to my track one. The song's an absolute classic, and I also am using the version from Songs in the Attic. Oh, nice. So it is the live version, because to me, while it was featured on Turnstiles, 1981's Songs in the Attic is the definitive version of the song. The band is on fire on that album, 
and they elevated what was already a fantastic song to just a whole nother level. I also like to include cover songs when possible. And believe it or not, there's a cover song of Miami 2017 that's worth noting. I'm not saying it's better than the original. It's not. But Richard Marks recorded a studio version that was featured on international releases of his paid vacation album. Yep. If you're not into buying Japan CDs and import fees and stuff, there's this site kids called YouTube. You could (laughs) YouTube it (laughs) and hear it there. Of course you would say that. (laughs) I absolutely love this song. To me, it is the perfect track two, and I'll get to my reason later why. Okay. Gomez. Uh, No, it did not make my track, so we do not have a trifecta. Oh, okay. So I went a different route with my number one, my track one. So my track one, I went off the Innocent Man album, and the first song I went with was Uptown Girl. Actually kind of reminds me of me meeting my wife. Oh. So... My wife, Laura, I feel is the uptown girl because of where she grew up and where I came from, like from my old neighborhood in Bergen County. I felt like I was in the uh, the the downtown area and not the suburbs like she was. You know what I mean? Um, so my wife is definitely the upgrade version of Christy Brinkley uh, at that time. You know what I mean? My wife uh, still is the most beautiful woman ever. And I felt like I was the grease monkey. I was going to say, you should see Gomez in a pair of overalls when he's working on cars. <laughs> Actually, no, we'll take it back to where I used to work in paint. So it was, there you go. It was worse than, uh, uh, uh wearing overalls covered in grease. Actually, <laughs> I was covered in paint. Oh God. And I'll say that it was one of my favorite songs. And just hearing that song, the way he speaks about her, it was it was inspiring to me and I didn't realize like how the music was inspired by Frankie Valley in the four seasons. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, he mentioned that and it was kind of cool to see that how he incorporates the songs to uh, back in the day of the fifties, forties, a little bit too. And something I admired about him and he just has a great voice for this song. And that's why I love that. The, my track one will be uptown girl with that song, just because it reminds me of my wife and me. And how I met her. (laughs) That's an awesome story. Unfortunately, I have different representation from the Innocent Man album coming later. So Uptown Girl didn't make my list. But that whole album is kind of a a throwback feel to it. That's kind of what he went for on that album. And it shouldn't work, but it does so well. Yeah, He just nailed it especially with how many genres he was trying to cover on one album i mean you have everything from trying to do the temptations and sam cook to frankie valley i mean it's all over the map and it works yeah and he he knows how to knock it out of the park it's just unreal so melissa did uptown girl make your list i have absolutely no songs from that album on my list wow okay Okay. all right so now we get back to my track one And this frantic live show opener has been a staple of his live concerts for many, many years. And I personally could not see starting a playlist without this song. Now, there's no I'm not digging on the studio version in any way. But once again, I'm skipping the studio version because just like Miami 2017, this track was also featured on turnstiles. And again, the band was not gelling the way they were on 1987's concert and they opened with angry young man 
Shockingly, a song never released as a single. It is shocking, isn't it? It's really shocking. <laughs> to me, that opening piano, when his hands are just moving like lightning on the keyboard, yep. there's no other way I can hear my playlist starting than that frantic energy. And in 1987's concert album or 2014's A Matter of Trust, The Bridge to Russia, depending on which version you have, Liberty DeVito just amps up the pacing of the song. And I don't know if that's the band just excited for what they're the experience they're having, but the energy that is on that version is just so electric. It jumps out of the speakers at you and it just grabs your attention immediately. And to me, I can't imagine a better opening to a concert or an album than angry young man, which is to me, the quintessential opener followed by Miami 2017, which is also a quintessential opener. So to me, Back to Back is a one-two punch like no other, and I love the song. Favorite lyric, I once believed in causes too. I had my pointless point of view. Hmm. And some of his stuff is so poignant. I mean, if you take, especially sometimes when you take it in isolation like that and you listen to it, you're like, it's more meaningful. Like, oh, mm -hmm. hmm. So did Angry Young Man make either of your guys' lists? Did not. It did not. Wow, I'm alone on this one. So that could either bode very well or very poorly for me. We'll have to find out what our listeners think. Yeah, same thing with my track one. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, Melissa, we're right back to you for track two now. So track two has a huge emotional tug for me. My second year of teaching, Billy was playing a concert here at the Carrier Dome. And on my constant quest to try and meet him someday, I thought, hmm. I'm teaching children. Let me use the children. So I tried to figure out a way to tie in a Billy Joel song with the content I was teaching. And there was no better fit than doing history. And I thought, okay, we can do this. We can get it together. Every time Billy plays this in concert, and I have not seen a show that he has not performed it, I get goosebumps and I will start crying and I'll say, oh my God, my kids. I have a recording of them singing it in a radio studio, and it's just one of those things to me. And knowing what this place is to me, I can't think of a better song to hear and have on a playlist. I am choosing from the Yankee Stadium concert because I do think of all of his times performing the song. That one was the best. New York State of Mind. Ooh, very nice. Mm. I had my students dress up like the different symbols of New York State, and there's little six-year-olds singing New York State of Mind. And we had a third grade class dress up as the Broadway chorus line behind them, and we had the news come in, and they performed oh. in front of the whole school. And those kids are now 21 years old. But they, let me tell you, those kids know Billy Joel. They could identify every one of his hits within five seconds of hearing it. That was my claim to fame as a teacher right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. you That's teaching done right. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, look, Angry Young Man, Turnstiles. Miami 2017, Turnstiles. Yeah. I had to close off the Turnstiles well. So unfortunately, and I say this with a very sad heart. This did not make my list. And honestly, it was in it and out and in and out just because I didn't know if I wanted to put three songs from one album on a list 
where there's so many albums to choose from. So I'm sorry. Your New Jersey, New York card has been rejected. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, this is the song that five minutes before we started came on the list and I took another one off. Okay. See, I, this is my go-to karaoke song. So there, I promise you, I love this song. I feel guilt. A lot of it right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, you should. I feel New York guilt. <laughs> you should. My God. So that must mean that you have it, Gomez, right? I was going to say, by the amount of crap you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I With the amount of crap that I'm talking, yes. It's actually my number four. Okay. As being from New Jersey and slash New York, as being a favorite song of mine, because it talks about everything about New York. And really, the fun fact on well, I thought the yeah. song was about Idaho. Yeah, why oh why did you ever leave Ohio? <laughs> I said Idaho, not Ohio. I know. I cha- <laughs> I just decided to go like that, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, in the fact is that the way he did the song was he was returning uh, from the East Coast from Los Angeles, where he spent like three years, and he was just describing the pride of the New York of what New York is about. And I love that. And yes, Brian, you do sing it beautifully in karaoke. Thank God I'm ha- I'm half in the bag when I hear it. Um, but it is one of my favorite songs. It was also in a small part of a movie, uh, but they changed the lyric, the name of the song to "New New Dog State of Mind." It was in a Garfield movie, <laughs> which I didn't know about that. And it's like, I'm like, where is this going? I don't know this. <laughs> well, I am a movie buff, so I always try to find where the songs are. And I'm kind of surprised, Brian, that you didn't say the Muppets with Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem. Oh, that's I, you didn't let me get to my, (sighs) I beat you to it. Okay. So yeah. So you got one of my covers there. And also, yes, I could have resisted. Hold on. Being we're going down the Muppet hole here. Oh, God, there's another one I can't go down. (laughs) Ralph the dog covered the song on Old Brown Ears is Back, a CD that I spent many, many, many years hunting. And last year, finally acquired because I used to have that (gasps) on the radio when I was at. 90.3 90.3 WMSC at Montclair States Radio. They had a copy of it. I would always play New York State of Mine off of that. I now own my own copy of it on CD. Oh, that's awesome. Very happy about that. The only sports blunder I would say that they played at New York Mets Stadium, which I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a Yankees <laughs> fan, but, you know, that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> so, Gomez, we're right back to you for your track two then. So my track two, uh, I went with one of my uh, favorite songs, actually. One of my favorite songs. It was off the uh, the Nylon Curtain album from 82. Pressure. Nice. Mm-hmm. The way he sings it with, I don't know, it was like uh, anger or what, but it just made sense with the song. And it's just like dealing with everyday's life of struggling, struggling with work, struggling with life, struggling with family. You know, it's just the pressure. Or if you take it like in a sports kind of theme like i love my sports like i love my movies and video games it's how you're going to deal with that moment of the game is the game tied are you down that's the pressure that a lot of people love some people love it and some people don't and some people thrive on it and just the way he sings this song is just awesome and i love it and that's how i uh, got my number two going there i love the pick and that is my track three wow look at that this song kicks all sorts of ass let's just be honest it's probably billy joel's most angry song yeah 
and I mean that maybe even up against songs like close to the borderline where he's, you know, that's kind of a deeper cut from glass houses, but you could tell the angst in this song. And then you see the video and you know, 100% you can see it because that video is like forever imprinted in my head. Yeah. Just sitting at that black leather chair and just that television screen and the way his eyes were, you could totally see the anger. Most people don't equate Billy Joel's music with anger. Right. So this one just works so well because it, it, it truly is a different Billy Joel song. It kind of sticks out from the pack because of that reason. Although I will say this terrestrial radio stop playing the greatest hits one and two version of the song it's butchered beyond belief they remove entire verses of the song and it pisses me off yep wow there's your pressure honestly i can no longer listen to greatest hits volume one and two because the radio edits are so butchered Mm -hmm. i just can't i've actually made a playlist on my phone with Greatest Hits Volume 1 and 2 only pulled from the original album so I can hear them properly. Oh, that's a good idea. That's the nerd in me. I, I, that To me, because I love the sequencing of Greatest Hits Volume 1 and 2, I feel like it's a fantastic sequence, especially for like a car road mix, something like that. I just hate the radio edits. And then favorite lyrics, one line. You turn the tap dance into your crusade. It's poetic. It, it really is. I, I just love that line. It is poetic. It's like poetic justice. Yeah. So, Melissa, we're very close to a trifecta here. Do you have pressure on your list? I do not. Oh, bummer. Sorry. No, it's okay. It was on my, like, if I had, a, if I got 15 songs, it was on the 11 through 15 side. <laughs> so, it was, so it was a hard honorable mention, let's say yes. that. Yeah, that's good. I will go with that. All right. So then, Melissa, we're back to you for track three. Literally just changed it. Just want to let you know that I literally just <laughs> oh, changed it. So you're doing it. the Gomez approach here because Gomez will do that. He'll be like flipping numbers around. I, I lock mine in. I, I, I'm confident. I locked mine in too. So I'm actually happy with my list. My problem with this is so many of his songs have an emotional thing with me that oh, yeah. it's yeah. subjective. Like in the moment, I could pick one thing, but then in another moment, I'm picking something else. So I. I was kind of a little, as you guys were talking, a little transported back to Madison Square Garden and everyone being there together. And there's one moment when he's performing that I absolutely adore. And it's because I've had the incredible blessing of becoming such great friends with his whole band that there's a moment where they all come to the front of the stage with the exception of Dave Rosenthal and Chuck Berge. And they're standing in the front of that stage, each with their instruments and Billy's in the front and and just, oh, it's unbelievable. And the story that goes with this song and how it came to be. And I really think of Billy Joel and I no longer think Piano Man. I think Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. So that is my number three. Wow. All I got to say is I'm shocked you put it so early in the set. Yeah, me too. Really? That's my track nine to me. Oh. That's right before. That's your home run, end of the night, sing along. Ah. I would love to see a Billy Joel concert where he flipped the script and put it towards the front of the night because that would blow people's minds. But just to me, his ode to the Beatles, yeah, which is what that song is. It's an ode to the second half of the Beatles' Abbey Road. 
if you want, pick up the definitive collection box set. It's a four CD box set and CD four is pulled from storytellers. And he talks about this and it's so fascinating just hearing how this song is based on the Beatles and his love for the Beatles and kind of taking those different styles of songs that were not necessarily meant to work together and making them work together. Well, and you have this, uh, a whole Broadway production came from Brenda and Eddie and it's not, you know, moving out is a different title, but it's their story. And then he takes all of these other, his other songs and makes it fit with Brenda and Eddie. So it's, it's so to me, him and in that you could see the the tablecloth with the little bottle of Chianti with a candle in it and a big bowl of pasta and it just all works. God, you're making me hungry here. <laughs> and and just like Angry Young Man, scenes from an Italian restaurant was never released right. as a single. Shocking. Yet it's universally recognized as one of his signature tunes. Yep. Uh, so who needs airplay, honestly? Like that yeah. just goes to show a good song is going to cut through all the noise and become what it is, which is a universally loved tune. And my favorite lyric from it, from the high to the low to the end of the show for the rest of their lives. Mm. Just come on. Who doesn't want to wave Brendan and Eddie goodbye in concert? It's oh, so much I love fun. when people do that, too. And then you can tell the newbies. You can tell the people that have never seen them live before because they're, they're not waving. in the wrong direction. They don't know, right? <laughs> going the wrong way. What are you doing? Jeez. So we're close here. Gomez, do we have a, our first trifecta of the night? Actually, we do. It's actually my track number seven. Ooh. Uh, so all over the map. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I, I I love this song for a lot of reasons. Uh, it reminds me of this place I went to one time in Elizabeth that's no longer open. And it's like the perfect scene from a movie. I, I mean, be honest, with you, I thought it was in the Godfather movie at one point. <laughs> it would fit. This song fit it perfectly because I remember that song was on when I was at that restaurant. And I was just waiting for, you know, Michael Corleone coming up out of the bathroom and whack me upside the head with a gun or something. Were you sitting against the wall or was your back to the door? Unfortunately, my back was to the door. I had no choice. Oh, not smart. Not smart. Yeah, no, (laughs) I kind of failed on Mafia 101 on that one. I'm actually picturing scenes from an Italian restaurant right now, but played (laughs) in a minor chord where he's like, a bottle of red. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, uh, I think it was Brian or our buddy Robbie who sang this song one time at karaoke and did it awesomely. I, I probably was you, Brian, because you have that voice that could pull it off. Actually, I think Robbie and I did scenes together a couple yes, times. Yes, I think you guys did. That's probably why I, I can remember. Because we, we needed to we needed to prop each other up up there at that point. So we <laughs> just created like an upside down V and had the microphone and kind of. So in our minds, we were Billy Joel, but I'm sure to the crowd, we were just up there. Like the yip yaps from Sesame Street, probably <laughs> all the yip yaps or yip yips or whatever they're called. Yep. <laughs> meep, 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 meep. Two Muppet references in one Billy Joel episode. I love it. Unreal. That's unreal. <laughs> so Gomez, we're about to chip away through half of your playlist already just by track three. Yeah. Yeah. You're up. My track three. Probably one of the most iconic songs and entrances with a piano. And it is Piano Man. I love that song and the opening lines to the song. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. The regular crowd shuffles in. It reminds me of a dive bar I used to go to in Clifton, a place called Yesterday's. And that's what I felt like. But I'll tell you, 
I'm not making love to tonic and gin. It's more like Jack and Coke. Oh, that's me. my drink too. There we go. That's it all I drink. Rhyme in the song though, Gomez. I'm it sure Billy does. thought about that. Yeah, he probably did because I think he's a whiskey drinker. Making love to my Jack and Coke. No. It kind of goes, see. <laughs> but it's just an iconic song, and the way he sings it, I love it. It's one of those things that anybody goes to the bar. Anybody in concert, you'll hear everyone singing that song, no matter what. Look, the only critique that I have for you right now is the fact that you dropped it in track three. You can't not have it close your playlist. Track 10. I can't because I had a better one. I'm saying not you personally. For for the sake of playlist wars, thank you for making it your track three. But to the rest of the universe, you can't close a Billy Joel playlist without it closing with Piano Man in my mind. Arm in arm, everybody singing the song together, swaying back and forth. And yes, I get it. The song is his biggest tune. It's the one that everybody, he is the piano man. It is his signature tune. But the thing is, this is why it's called Playlist Wars. That's what, it's the beauty of it. It's when I want to hear it. (laughs) Oh, that's fine. Look, I'm not arguing it. But my thought is, you got to close with it. No, you don't. I have a better one. Okay. I'll be very curious to hear how his uh, Christmas song closes better than Piano Man. (laughs) I I know Billy's been asked before, like, what would happen if you did not play that song? Oh, there would be a riot. And he'll play it, but then he comes out for his encore. But people go insane if he didn't. I love turning around during that song and seeing now it's cell phones, but it used to be the lighters. And like you said, everybody just swaying. We were talking to Chuck Berge, and he was saying how hard it is because he has to keep the beat going because of the delay from the crowd singing and them on the stage. And it's one of those songs where if he doesn't keep that bump, bump coming in, mm-hmm. everything's going to be thrown off on this on stage compared to when the crowd's singing it. So. Yep. And I know it's usually his, either his closer or his encore, but I have so many great tunes from this man that I just didn't know where to stick that song. And for me, it was my number three. Now I'll say this. I know, like to me, it's the signature closer. But what I would give to see him open a show with Piano Man that would be interesting Ooh. just to see 20,000 jaws yes. on the ground. <laughs> oh, you'd hear the collective, <gasps> yeah. Because what about those people that are like fashionably late because they're too cool? Yeah. That yeah, yeah, they miss Piano Man. How <laughs> wonderful would that be? <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool, not for nothing. Karma, 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 karma. bites you in the rear. Right. Yeah. This is why I go as early as I can, even if the opening act's not the best. I go see them. Me too. Me too. Now, now, I, I, Melissa, I am assuming that we have a second trifecta here. I will be blown away if you don't have this in your list. But now I, I really want to know. So, Piano Man. Yes, you're going to be blown away because it's not on my list. Whoa! Wow, she's throwing curveballs, folks. <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> well, n- now I want to hear what... <sighs> Gomez, forget our lists. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Matt the other night, he goes, can I try to guess your list? I think he got two of the ten. <laughs> He's like, what? You've yeah. got my attention. Track four. <laughs> Track four. To me, and I can't say the real word that I'd like to say, but I think that this song is one of the biggest... Go stick it to yourself songs written if you listen to the lyrics very carefully. And I really like the version from Shea Stadium that Shea Stadium's concert. 
A, number one, I will forever regret that I was not there. Teddy and I, my husband and I, have been fortunate enough to be able to not only become friends with the band members, but get some amazing stories. And the stories that we have from those two nights at Shea Stadium, I will never forget. Andy Sashome became a U.S. citizen on the first night of that of the two nights there and the story of how Paul McCartney arrived and what happened for how they had to get him there and how nervous Garth Brooks was before coming on stage and just the little things that we've heard. And the, the bigger thing for me is that band that is on stage at Shea stadium. Um, my friend Dennis Delgadio is on there as well. And he ended up playing with shotgun wedding who Andy Shoshone and Billy or, and Chuck Berge and Wade Preston and Catherine Porter were a part of. But the only person currently not playing with Billy is Mike Del Judas. The rest of them were all at that Shea Stadium concert. And I adore those people. I, I can't speak highly enough about every single one of them. And they were the band that night. So that Shea Stadium, if you have not seen it, you have to see the documentary and the concert. It's absolutely amazing. And Billy's face through all of it is beyond the definition of pure joy um, when he was performing it. So I went with My Life from Shea Stadium. Oh, great pick. That was a great version of that song. And the one thing I love about that whole concert, Billy Joel is using... A sure SM58 mic. Teddy says the same thing all the time. He goes, Look at that mic. That's the mic I use when I do gigs. (laughs) That is a $80 mic that I have actually used to hammer nails into the wood on stages I've played (laughs) and then snapped it into my mic stand and been able to use that thing is a workhorse. And I'm watching this concert in on my Blu-ray of it and seeing these like you know, millions of camera angles and all the, everything's mic'd up to the T and I'm like, and he's using an SM 58 and it sounds incredible. That's why it's the standard for all musicians when they perform live or for most uh, live musicians. When Carl Fisher had Brian Ruggles on, they said exactly what you just said. You can use it as a microphone or as a hammer. It's multi-use. You can use it wherever and it's it really still going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, my life did not make my playlist, but it's a fantastic song. I love I love the vibe of it. It makes me it, the song just makes me so happy. Like it just makes me It's a good karma song. Yeah. yeah it it is. really is. Yep. Really is. Unfortunately, it did not make my list either. It gets a hard mention. I was one of the other songs. I have about two or three songs I was flip flopping back and forth. But if it was, it would be my number like fourteen on my on my list. Honestly, Billy Joel is one of those artists like a Tom Petty, like an ACDC that has just such an amazing catalog. It yeah. it becomes impossible, and people have actually messaged us on Twitter, on Facebook. How could you not include blank? Yeah. And the question is, it's just how the songs are jiving with you at the moment that we're crafting these playlists. And the fact of the matter is the bands that we're talking about on this show, we love. Right. Makes it even harder. So we're not picking bands that are like meh, where you're literally struggling to scrounge together 10 songs. These are artists where I could do 50 songs and still be struggling. Yep. And it's just, picking the songs that you love tremendously. It's not just what you're thinking about when you're making a list. 
it's the 10 songs that you jam to every time or driving your car, listening to lists. You know what I mean? It's wherever, even at work for me, actually, I was playing a little Billy Joel today at work. Yeah. I mean, look, and the guilt on this show is real. Like I'm still upset that New York state of mind isn't in my top 10, but listen, your New Jersey, New York card has been restricted. That's fine. And I'll go up to New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) So my track four. This is the newest song that I am including on my track list tonight. It's from 1989 Stormfront. Mm. To me, the next two songs that I've picked in my playlist have always spoken to me as a person, to my core. And having struggled with things like anxiety in my life, this song just speaks to that to me. And before I tell you the song, I'm just going to say my favorite line first. Sometimes I lie awake night after night, coming apart at the seams, eager to please, ready to fight. Why do I go to extremes? Track four. I love this song so much. And when Billy does it live, he plays around with the lyrics a little bit. And on the My Lives box set, listen to the live version. One of the choruses, it's changed to, I don't know why I go for ice cream. So (laughs) (laughs) love the song. Absolutely love it. I wish it made my list. That's another one that, again, it's it was flip-flopping back and forth. That's a great song, and I love it. And hearing it, even in the studio album, I love it. It's just It has this great message, and Brian, you, you hit it in the words, man. I, seriously, before you even said the first two lines, I already knew. <laughs> oh, I didn't make my list. So I'm a, a little upset at myself on that one, but see I, the I, guilt is real. You think it, I'm kidding. It, it, it is difficult <laughs> because when you're picking Billy Joel, I mean, how many albums does this man have? 13 studio. I thought it was 13 studio albums, 12 studio albums, 13 with fantasies and delusions. Okay. Probably that's why um, six live albums. You're talking about a lot of albums from this guy dating back 1971. There's so many great songs for this guy. And, Billy Joel being the way he is, it's just it's it impossible to pick every song. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, no, yeah, that's it, again. It could either bode very well or very poorly for me, Melissa. I go to extremes. Well, you said a word, and I knew exactly what song you were talking about because it's exactly why it is my choice five. So All right, so we're I moving have... right along and having a uh, oh that's a great Muppet song too (laughs) I love moving right along from the Muppets Um, yes I did the bridge to Russian version because that's when he does the ha ha when he yells at the beginning of it (laughs) I always say that this is my theme song uh, prior to medication for anxiety it almost makes you feel like it's okay if you are one of those people that has those extremes from time to time and it makes a kind of a serious thing a little bit lighter. And it's just fun as much as the message is like, Ugh, I do do this and I do go to extremes and I do go back and forth. But I, I say this is my theme song. And he has another song that deals with the same type of issues. And he'll even introduce it at concerts and say, this is for all the manic depressives out there that kind of go hand in hand. But this one's the more upbeat of the two. Yeah, it's a fantastic tune. I, I... I can't say no more about it. And yeah, Gomez. Yes. Track five. So track five, I actually went with uh, another great tune. It's still rock and roll to me. 
Nice. It was during his 80s, during the keeping up with that new wave sound at that time, which included some of the greatest, some of great bands, the Cars and the Police mostly. I guess when he was talking about it in a in an interview somewhere, and it was like saying he was on, it was a variation on power pop, which I don't know what he means by that because I don't even know what the hell power pop is, to be honest with you. Um, Brian, maybe you can help me out a little bit. Power pop is kind of like a heavier version of a pop song. Okay. So take the happy sounding pop music, but it pop rock and add a little bit more distortion and a little bit more oomph to it. So think of bands like cheap trick. Think of bands like the knack. Okay. If you want to go into the nineties, you have groups like fountains of Wayne. They all kind of incorporate that power pop sound. Okay. See to me, fountains of Wayne is just pop. You know what I mean? Yeah, that this was my first favorite Billy Joel song as a kid. My parents had glass houses and I wore the damn album out. <laughs> I chose a different song from it and I feel awful because I love this song and Colburn and Company has been playing this since Chris and I started. This was the first Billy Joel song we both said we need to put into the set list. I want to say back in 2012. So, I mean, this song just speaks to me. I love all types of music. I literally cannot find a style of music that I can listen to and go, I don't like that. It's all rock and roll to me, no matter how you speak. And I just, I love the song, but unfortunately I picked something else. Okay. Melissa. It's not on mine either. And I love when he does it in concert because he gets that guitar going. So you hear and everyone's like, all of a sudden everyone's feet start going and the garden is on Springs. So when, when the feet get going, you can, feel the entire thing bounce yeah. and this is the song where the bouncing if the crowd is into it everything starts moving i am always afraid that one of those springs is going to give during <laughs> <laughs> i've seen him at the garden four times and he's played it all oh you four know times. That. i think yep. the garden has changed a little bit ladies and gentlemen i can guarantee you that well my track five again like i said i go to extremes does play to my core as does this next song growing up i had some relationships that didn't work out before I met my wife and I suffered from some depression and things. And this was a song that always helped lift me up, even though it's a ballad to me, it's one of his most beautiful ballads and it's a soaring, wonderful song that honestly, I'm almost at a loss for words to say how much this song means to me. So I'm just going to go into my favorite lyrics from it and say, some people run from a possible fight. Some people figure they can never win. And although this is a fight I can lose, the accused is an innocent man. Title track, track five. I can't say enough good things about this song. And, and plus, how awesome are the snaps? I mean, really. That's what my guest appearance could be. I've decided if they ever ask me to show up at the garden as a special guest, you know, who needs Bruce Springsteen? Really? You can have me. <laughs> I can do the triangle. I can do the from Bailey to Billy the Kid. I could do the snapping. I have all those extraneous parts. I'm ready to go at a moment's notice. They just got a call. And I love the fact that they still play it because uh, please remind me of her name, Melissa. Crystal Talaferro. Oh my God. Her high notes in it are perfect. And look, you don't expect Billy Joel at 70 something years old to be able to hit that. And the way they do it live when they break it into like almost a three part harmony yep. is almost more 
impactful than the original is. Well, Mike Del Judas fills in a lot of that vocal as well. So between Mike and Crystal and then Billy, of course, you do get that three part. It's gorgeous. So it's just have. gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. So that that's my track five. It's a good pick, Brian. Sorry, did not make mine. It is not on mine either. All right. So we are now at the halfway point. Five tracks in. This is the part where you'd flip the nylon curtain over and start side B, or you'd pull your glass houses cassette tape out and stick the pencil in and make sure it's nice and tight to start side B. The CD would just keep on rolling, as do our playlists. Melissa, track six. Here we go with the deep ones. So uh, if people don't know these songs, you need to go and definitely look them up. So the Stranger album and 52nd Street are just the albums that you have to own, and they really made him who he is. I went with definitely a deep cut from the Stranger album. I think that the groove in this song is great, and the lyrics are fun. And I'm kind of, I don't know, I think it, I don't know if it would have been a great radio hit. I've never seen him perform this ever in concert, and I would love to because it's such a fun song, but get it right the first time is my number six. That is a great pick. And it's, believe it or not, it's literally one of the few songs on that album that wasn't a quote unquote single. There's not like everybody has a dream and scenes and get it right. The first time are the only three non singles from that album, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yes. Those are the only, Yeah, I mean, ridiculous, right? Yeah, it is ridiculous. The whole album could have been, it was just a hit maker anyways, between that and 52nd Street. If people always ask, well, what album is it on? You pretty much have a 50-50 shot. It's on one of those two or something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it did not make my list, but it's an awesome tune. It did not make my list. It is a good tune, but uh, we have to go on to the next. <laughs> and with that, Gomez, your track six. So my track six, I went from the uh, Glass Houses album, 1980. Uh, you might be right. Um, and Brian, no, you're not right. No, I'm only kidding. Well, you got it wrong because you got the name of the song wrong. <laughs> How you like them apples? Hey, you know what? You may be right. Sorry. You know what? I'm, I'm at that point. I'm exhausted at a long day at work, so I apologize. Okay. Well, we'll let it slide this time, but next time, dude. Okay. Next time. So you may be right. So now you're, you're right. So bite me. <laughs> it's one of those signature songs that I truly do love. He had a lot of great songs, but this one sticks out a little bit. I know in his life he was a little bit of a carefree, kind of reckless guy a little bit. And it kind of reminds me of me when I was younger. And Brian, you know that for first hand. Mm-hmm. We, we had a lot of fun and I've done a lot of crazy stuff. And Brian, I got to steal this off your, your covers. I don't know if you got it, but I'm going to say it. 1980, Chipmunk Punk. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I know you are. Because you know what's funny? It was not in a lot of movies. Uh, Billy Joel was not in a lot of movies. No. So I actually had a hard time finding things that were movies or video games. Bill Joel was not in either. <laughs> so for me is, well, I, Brian, I go, Brian's really going to hurt me on this one because I couldn't believe it. And I actually had to go hear it. And I listened to it maybe a two weeks ago. And I'm like, wow, this was actually really good. Surprisingly. You stole my chipmunk punk thunder. Damn it. I'm sorry, dude. You know what? <laughs> The next time we have movie references, you can kick my butt on that, man. But I'm glad you said that. I'm really glad you said that. But before I get to this part, Melissa, did you maybe right make your playlist? It did not. Okay. So, Gomez, with that being said, (laughs) my track six is from a movie. Really? Which movie? 
Well, I can't. I, I, I don't want to say it because if I say it, it's going to give it away. All right, all right. So, go ahead. <laughs> let me just say that I was going to include this song on our '80s soundtrack list, but I bumped it because I knew Billy Joel was coming up this week. Okay. So to me, it was very easy. I think I might have an idea where you're going with this movie. Everything goes, everything fits. They love me at the Chelsea, they adore me at the Ritz. 1988, <laughs> Oliver and Company, Why Should I Worry, Dodger Dog, Track Six. <laughs> I love this friggin' song. It's also on the My Lives box set. If you're a purist that wants to have it on a Billy Joel album instead of the actual soundtrack or you don't want to support Disney, I love this song. So much so when I first saw the movie, I tried to find the soundtrack on cassette because I knew that was Billy Joel. Looked everywhere, finally tracked it down at Caldor. Remember that? Oh, oh my God, God I remember Caldor. that story. Yeah. Okay, so ladies yeah. and gentlemen and kids who are listening to this, you we just dated ourselves. Caldor. We know we know what Caldor is. <laughs> Caldor. <laughs> my God, I just it it was such a fantastic tune. It's so much fun, and yeah, Dodger is Billy Joel. Plain and simple. It's just a perfect fit. It's a love song to New York. Kind of like New York State of Mind, only a little bit more upbeat, I'd say. But it's again, it's it's Billy Joel. And it's just such a fun tune. And I had to go deep with this one. And there's my movie reference. So there you go. It was an honorable mentions for me, but I couldn't I, I just couldn't make my list. Brian. Brian, my friend. Brian, how well do you know me? I know you have a, a stuffed animal of Dodger on your desk. I do. Yeah. I do. I do. Um, so this is my number seven. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I always play Oliver and Company. I know I don't really watch movies in my classroom, but this one they must watch. And we literally do a huge lesson on how a lot of animation characters, especially Disney, will find the voice first and then the character will built be built after it. So we look at a picture of Billy Joel from the eighties and then we look at Dodger. And we try to see if the kids can pick up on the similarities between the two. And then we also look at when the song is being performed in the movie, all of the New York references and the Billy references. So you have the piano and he's on the piano and he's hitting things and he's in New York and he's leading the pack of dogs down the street. So we do, I do a lot with this song in my classroom and I say at least once a month on the radio show, I would die to see him perform this live in concert. Me too. I would hundred percent. If he ever did this live, that and if Code of Silence was performed and my love Cindy Lopper came out and did it with him, those two moments, if I wasn't at the garden, heads are gonna roll because I want to see those two moments more than anything else. And I love why should I worry is oh I'm actually shocked he's never played this live. The song is so I am too. damn good. Oh it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I have goosebumps right now <laughs> just talking about it. It's just, I love it. I love it. Man, I honestly, I, I had a feeling when I picked this that it would be on your list. Yeah. And I figured Gomez would have did it because of the movie tie-in. Because no. I know that Billy Joel does not run deep in movies. No, so he I was doesn't. like, he's got, this has to be a trifecta. It was, so it was not. I'm actually really shocked tonight. You know what? I'm wow. going to be honest with you. As a fan of Billy Joel, I went to a lot of songs that I truly loved. And 
it was very difficult finding anything. I he has a lot of songs that were on TV shows. Don't get me wrong. Well, wait a minute though. You he's got Vienna and thirteen going on thirty, which was huge. At read like yeah, Cal, Vienna likes, and then the Hangover too. I know. Don't has wait, so wait, many wait, Billy wait. Joel records. I know. Sorry, 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 sorry. Cutting you sorry. off. He's like Brian. Edit sorry. this out. Edit this out. <laughs> this is gonna Brian hit the edit button now. Shut up, Melissa. <laughs> Shut up, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that being said my track seven it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> this is why i love this show so much i'll give you plenty of time now to let your thunder get back that Melissa i have stole. no thunder <laughs> <laughs> i lost my thunder about an hour ago <laughs> so my track seven <sighs> is the reason i did not pick it's still rock and roll to me from glass houses okay this song got me in trouble as a child pre-kindergarten well how does a song get you in trouble pre-kindergarten you want to know why yeah i have because because... this song starts with a telephone dialing (laughs) and at one point in my childhood i narrowed down the telephone number to 474-465-1235 i dialed a lot of wrong numbers trying to match the keys on my phone to the phone at the beginning of sometimes a fantasy I love, love, love this song. The version on concert as well, Liberty DeVito amped it up so perfectly for that performance, but I did go with the studio track this time. Now, the thing that I'm fascinated about this song is for decades since rock and roll music came out, a band would release or an artist would release a single. And a single would be cut down to 305, i.e., like Billy says in The Entertainer. And the album version would be a minute or so longer. For some reason, and I really don't know why, this is flipped. Because the album version clocks in at 339. And if you have the 45, it's actually 422. And the song ends where the album version fades out on the guitar solo this one just keeps rocking and rocking and rocking for another 40 seconds and at the end of it you hear billy joel yell i've got blisters on my blisters which is an homage to the beatles helter skelter again billy joel and the beatles those tie-ins i think are amazing and i've never ever ever heard this digitally except for on youtube rips it's never been released on CD. It's never been released on a box set. I don't know what the reasoning is. And Melissa, if you know, I would love to know. I don't, but I could find out for you. I would love to know I would, why. I will ask. The yeah. shorter versions on the album and the longer version is the a- album single because it it's it's insane. And then my favorite lyric in the song, obviously, as a young kid, went right over the old head here. I had no idea what the song was about <laughs> until I got older. But you told me there's a number I could always dial for assistance. <laughs> Cindy Lopper, Shebop. Yeah. Oh my God. I gotta tell you, I have to. Can I interject for one? Oh please second? do. Oh please go ahead. So I got in trouble with the Billy Joel song when I was in third grade, along the lines of a similar context. So I was in the car singing, and my mother turns around in our big Buick, the land yacht that that thing was, and she looks at me and she goes, Melissa, do you know what you just said? I'm like, no, I'm just singing the song. She goes, Melissa, you just used a word 
and you said a word that you should not say. And I'm sure and I hope you don't know what that word means. Yeah, it was Captain Jack. So <laughs> uh, um, I got in, I got in some trouble about that one. So uh, the real Captain Jack is a friend of mine, and I said, I just want to let you know that I got in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> because of a word and a song. Yeah, so I have a similar getting in trouble because of Billy Joel song. Yeah, actually, I did too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, St. Mary's, you should know better. Uh, you can't be singing that song and. Uh, Especially when you're saying Captain Jack will get you high tonight. (laughs) Well, Melissa, track eight. Track eight. So I will tell you this song. The meaning for me is one of my good friends that I've made um, through my whole radio show thing. It is now transformed into my Billy Joel people song. When he plays this in concert, everybody goes absolutely insane. It is a deep cut it's it's my concert song it's i close my eyes and i listen to it and i see all of us standing there at the garden together in that family there's nothing like it um from 52nd street half a mile away nice very nice and we are far more than half a mile away from each other but we always say that we're definitely far away in distance but not in the heart so very 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 well said Again, just like with The Stranger, one of the only, I think, four songs that wasn't a single on 52nd Street. And why it wasn't, I have no idea. Uh, Unfortunately, I only have one song left on my playlist before being completely closed out, and that's not it. So, Gomez? So, as I said before, I got in trouble in grammar school singing the song. Captain Jack. That's my number eight, guys. <laughs> um, it was one of those songs I did not know in grammar school what he was talking about until later in life. And I know he was, I think it was he was in Oyster Bay, Long Island, I think, when he was writing, he was having trouble writing songs in this, in this area that he lived in was like a housing project. And he noticed a, a heroin dealer. <laughs> and he was known as Captain Jack. And that's how this song became. But it it was mostly supposed to be like an anti-drug song, I remember he said at one point. And I just thought it was one of those songs that I thought he meant high in life, not on drugs. Ah, huh. oh, <laughs> there you go. It's an interesting take. That didn't get you out of detention? No, 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 no. Oh, the I, I, I did go to a Catholic school, grammar school and high school. Yeah, they yeah. frown on contemplating. Yeah, <laughs> but the funny I, I mean. taught in one but, for a little but, bit. So yeah, Brian, you're gonna laugh. We did play DMX in an opening assembly here. What? Yeah, don't ask how that happened, but we did. <laughs> that was way past my time. But yeah, you're you already graduated. That was my senior year. Melissa, did Captain Jack make your last two here? He did not. Wow. Well, I'm closing out for the night because that is also my track eight. That is my pool hall jam. Ever since high school, when I go to the pool hall, the first song I put on is Captain Jack. I love hearing that song at the pool hall. There's just a, I get it. It is not a happy song. There's just something about the vibe and the melody and the, the storytelling. It's Billy Joel's storytelling at his finest. It really is. It is. And there's just such a vibe to the song that I just absolutely love. Colburn and company has been playing it for the last five years. And it's one of those songs at the end of the night that people seem to enjoy singing just as much as a piano man. 
there's just something about the chorus that everyone enjoys singing. And when I say contemplate live, everyone always gets a laugh. So uh, that's, believe it or not, not my favorite lyric of the song. When I'm singing it, my favorite lyric that I love to sing is, so you stand on the corner in your new English clothes and you look so polished from your hair down to your toes, but still your fingers going to pick your nose. I, I, <laughs> I just love singing it. He has to, that's, that is the song. He has to play that in Philadelphia or they go insane if he does not play that at his live shows in Philly, because that was the song that got him radio play. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Captain Philly, Jack though. in Philly. Yep. That's strange. Cause not being that he's not from Philly, he's not from that area. He's from, he's a New Yorker. Yeah. But this would, one is the one that broke him in Philly. It broke him. Yep. And so really? in Philly, because the radio station, I'm forgetting the call letters and I know it off the top of my head. Um, the first station that played it, he did a live thing. And that is a must that would have to be played over piano man in Philly. People would go insane. Wow. if It wasn't done. Yep. See, I, that's something I did not know. And I just learned something new about that. Wow. Yeah, that yep. took me five times seeing him live the last time, which was on the Madison square garden run that he did the 12 gardens album yep. for, uh, I saw that version of captain Jack live. And I was so happy to finally check that off my set list bucket list, so to speak. Uh, but that does close out my track list here. So, wow, Brian, and you thought I was going to be done early. Yeah, I, I did, right? I, I jinxed myself because yeah, I'm out. <laughs> so, Melissa, track nine. Track nine. All I'm going to say is this it is hands down the lyrics of the song, the most poignant lyrics he has ever written of any song ever. You can take every single line and have it be one of those quotes that just punches you in the gut because it's so poignant and it's timeless and it really makes you stop and reflect when I get like emotional when I talk about it because it's just you think about life when you listen to this song from River of Dreams 2000 years. Ooh. <sighs> That's a, that is a deep cut song and I do truly love it, but it did not make my list. Oh God, now I feel bad because there was two songs I wanted on that from that album. You know, look, the River of Dreams gets a lot of flack. It does, but it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't. It does. It does. It's not my favorite Billy Joel album, but there's so much good on it. Yes. And to me, everyone focuses on the River of Dreams. But to me, songs like 2000 Years and No Man's Land uh-huh. are yeah. just as strong as anything on his catalog. And I am shocked that songs like that weren't better received because they really are. And I mean, really, that is the swan song uh, for his studio albums. And um, yeah, it, it gets a lot of flack and sometimes unjust, I think. Now, famous last words that he has, which obviously fits that that was his last recorded album, too. Um, was played when the Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series in, I don't know what year they won. My brother's a Blue Jays fan, and all of a sudden he comes and he's like, Melissa, is this a Billy Joel song? I need all your Billy Joel stuff now because they played it at the end of when the Blue Jays won the World Series. But even Famous Last Words, I think, is another one that's so poignant. That's more specifically for him. But like you said, the slack that that album gets, I mean, Let's think about it. Color Me Bad is on that album. I mean, at the time, Color Me Bad was like the thing. And I think that's where the slack comes from, though. Yes, I, I really do. Exactly I mean, like, honestly, that would probably be the go to reason why people would maybe think that that album 
was subpar. Yep. I think if you remove that from it, maybe less so because to me, the vibe of the river of dreams isn't too far removed from Stormfront. Yes. Exactly. No, definitely not. Uh, by the way, Melissa, the blue Jays won back-to-back world series titles, 92 and 93. So it was, na- oh, say, so it was 93 then. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I'm a sports nut too. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, where, where, where are we on track nine still? Yeah. Gomez, you're on track oh, you're nine. On. Cause mine oh. is scenes from an Italian oh. restaurant. Okay. Yes. So Gomez track nine. I actually went with the, uh, the Stormfront uh, album. The Down Easter Alexa. Ooh. Mm. One, one, one of those favorite songs. He really sang this song truly, truly well. And one part of the song that when I was younger, I never knew that it was Billy Joel's daughter, Alexa Ray Joel. They do have a boat named after her. And I was wondering that throughout the times of my younger years, you know, why would he sing about this? And, as I got older, I got it. It was about his daughter, and he was personing himself as a bayman at that time. Bayman, sorry, not man, men. Um, as a longshoreman's bayman, and really showing the sympathetic side of what these guys had to go through. It was just, for me, it was a very deep cut song, and I just love the way he sings it. I love the way the song is persuaded. I love the guitar in the song uh, when it breaks down a little bit. It's just a great tune, and it's my number nine. Itzhak Perlman came and played oh, that with you, him. I was Did just going to say that oh, violin solo. You, no, it's, I mean, really, that is the, yep. to me, that is why <laughs> you have Itzhak Perlman on Stormfront and you have Color Me Bad. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> you well, know, the scales of justice are kind of tipping towards Stormfront here. You however, know. if you remember during the Grammys, when Billy performed River of Dreams, and whenever we play River Dreams on the show, we edited this in, like when it happened during the Grammys. I don't, I, I don't remember if it was Tony Bennett or Frank Sinatra. They cut him off from his acceptance speech. The all of a sudden commercials time came in. Billy's performing River Dreams, and he just stops, and and it's dead air. And then he looks at his watch, and he goes, "Valuable advertising time going by." Oh, valuable wow. advertising time going by <laughs> dollars 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 <laughs> and then he keeps playing <laughs> that just i mean call me bad at all you want you just went ahead and said screw you to <laughs> the grammys <laughs> and airing commercials <laughs> yeah and i will do my movie finally but no 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 because you you Jumped on my covers before. No, so I'm gonna... I, no, no, too late. You you have no say. You closed out your Yeah, your that's playlist. okay. OAR does a fantastic cover of Down Easter Alexa. Uh, hold on. First of playing. all. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I wasn't even going with a cover song. I know that, but I was interrupting you because <laughs> you did Chipmunk Punk on me earlier. Well, you so know I was I'm sorry. Yes, we all know it was in the hangover part two. Yes. <laughs> God. As soon as Melissa mentioned a hangover <laughs> I know. a half she... hour ago, and then I heard you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's why I was like, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Sorry. It's like, Shh, please? That's my stick. <laughs> you know who else has a great version of that if you are into jazz music at all? Carl Fisher, Billy. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Carl Fisher's version of the Downeaster Alexa. Oh my God. It is amazing. It's amazing. 
I'll be looking that up yes. as soon as we're done recording. Yes. And then I, and about 10 minutes later, Brian will be texting me. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's great. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. And I'll be texting Melissa. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, Melissa, wonderful. We are now down to track 10. Mine is gone with Piano Man, which is the only right closer. So let's hear what you guys have for your not so right closer. Not wow. <laughs> Melissa, track 10. Well, uh, this my my track 10. I'm going to bring it back. So I'm going to bring it all the way back to Songs in the Attic again. Uh, and this is my closing song for my life, which is why I put it last. Um, I have made specific of a specific playlist for my wake when I die. And this song will be played every other song um, during that playlist. I cry every time I hear this song. Um, I've loved these days. Oh, what a wonderful tune. Very good. I can't. Now I feel bad. You see, <laughs> you have such a poignant moment with that. How am I supposed to? I like, can't. Why didn't you go with like, don't forget your second wind from uh, Greatest Hits Volume 1 and 2? At least I wouldn't have felt Sorry. so guilty. I was laughing as you're like, it should only be Piano Man. I'm like, well, mine is your life is ending. So. <laughs> But it's kind oh, of funny the way you said that. Man. Before I met my wife, mine was pretty simple. I just told Brian, if I ever die single, do me a favor. Make sure I got stripper poles on my cat by my cast and just play all the good songs from there. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I have all those purchased already. So God forbid now I'm just going to have to explain to your wife what they're for. So. Yeah, she's gonna... It's a Festivus poll. They could just be big Festivus polls. Are you Seinfeld people? Just have it be a Festivus poll. She's Time gonna... for the airing of grievances at your wake. She, she's going to come back with the paddles on my chest and bring me back and kill me again. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) So, Gomez, I'm guessing this isn't your closer here. No, it is not. So take us home, man. So I went a different way on my closer, and I'm kind of surprised that no one has mentioned this song throughout the night. Going with the 1989 Stormfront again, we didn't start the fire. All right. All right. That is my number 10. I always love this song. For me, it was a no-brainer as much as Piano Man should have been the closer, but I had to do something different. It just brought it home to me how much the world has changed. The way he sings it, the way he brings it home, it's just, for me, it was just a great closer. Well, I thank this song because it was the one time I got an A in history class in seventh grade because (laughs) we had to memorize it and then learn about for the, you know, for the semester learn about everything in the song obviously i already knew the words to the song so i didn't have to study for that one i just walked in and recited it because i could sing the song start to finish and i got the a so uh love the song obviously didn't make my list to be honest i feel like it gets a bad rap because it's always in his set lists and i feel like maybe people want to hear something else but it's there for a reason it was a huge huge probably one of his biggest hits I got nothing else. Unfortunately, didn't make my list, obviously, and didn't make Melissa's either. But I'd love to hear it as a teacher. I'm sure you've used this song. And I honestly, I'm not going to lie. When you were talking about New York State of Mind, I actually thought you were kind of leading into We Didn't Start the Fire. So I love the way you flipped that on me because I had no idea that was coming. I would have done it, but I had first graders and I couldn't say sex. Oh, good point. Yeah, I get that. Threw it off. You know, Billy will perform this and people love it. And he has numerous interviews said, you know, sometimes he's looking at the crowd to remember the lyrics himself because it's such like 
it's rapid fire of things really quickly. It's his version of It's the End of the World as We Know It yes. by R.E.M. Oh, God, I love that song. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, a great song. I do. I like it when Billy's up front trying to play the guitar um, when he does that because he he said that, you know, he's going to do these songs. And if it's a song that doesn't focus on the piano, he needs something to do with his hands. So that's why he learned how to play the guitar to get that piece so he doesn't stand. I love when he does it in a matter of trust, too. Yes, that's another good one. I do like it. You know, I'll be honest with you. I am not a family guy fan at all. Um, I think it's the teacher in me that I do not find anything amusing about that show. There is an episode of Family Guy that references We Didn't Start the Fire. They were at a camp scene, and I don't even know who the characters were. But if you type it in on YouTube, you can type it in um, Family Guy We Didn't Start the Fire. And you can see the whole little clip about how they need to call Billy Joel and ask him for help learning how to start this fire when they were at camp. So That was, I think, with Stewie and Brian and Peter, actually. And he, I believe, from what I've been told, Family Guy's referenced Billy Joel a lot. Several times. Yeah. And yeah. the Muppets. Now I got the I got the Muppet trifecta oh, in tonight. <laughs> actually, in the, uh, wow, there was a, I think it was a parody, and it was like a history of the video games. The the they said the Wii didn't start the fire like the Nintendo oh. Wii. Oh God! Yeah, wah, wah. yeah, and actually, I think they in um 2006 it was part of the FIFA World Cup. Oh, so there's a lot of history to this song, and that's why I just loved it. To it and in it. <laughs> it's another one that I was fortunate enough to be able to go to the induction ceremony when the cars got into the rock and roll. Oh, wow. And Bon Jovi got in that year. It was a friend of mine. She's a huge Bon Jovi fan. And she's like, Melissa, if I pay, because I couldn't pay for a ticket. She's like, if I pay, will you go with me? And of course. Of course. Um, I got to see the cars. I, I talked about how sad I was that I missed going to see that because that I was the last chance we could. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, oh, my God. I, uh, looking back knowing that that was i was really fortunate that i was there in the hall of fame itself if anyone's never been they have this one section that is like a rapid fire of videos of mtv videos and i think that this is another one billy's 80s videos are iconic like keeping the faith the Mm -hmm. video with the court and with um rodney dangerfield and like the special guest appearances he had but we didn't start the fire in the kitchen tossing that table is another get the image right in your head of the video and you're burned in no pun intended yes so here we have three very different playlists tonight not surprisingly we do have one trifecta in scenes from an italian restaurant and now's the time of the show where we will go through and let you know our track ones through track 10 as we wrote these playlists and even switched them up as mid recording, as Melissa said, she did. <laughs> Melissa, why don't you tell us your tracks one through 10 and you're not allowed to change them at this point anymore. Oh no, they're, they're in here. They're <laughs> in pen now. All right. We're going to start off the playlist with Miami 2017 from songs in the attic, New York state of mind from Billy Joel's show at Yankee stadium scenes from an Italian restaurant from Shea stadium, followed by my life at Shea stadium. I go to extremes from the Bridge to Russia album. Get it right the first time from The Stranger. Why Should I Worry from Oliver and Company. Half a Mile Away, 2,000 Years, and I Love These Days. Gomez. Track one is My Uptown Girl. Track two, Pressure. Track three, Piano Man. Track four, New York State of Mind. Brian's card's been rejected. <laughs> Track five, It's Still Rock and Roll to Me. Track six, I Already Messed It Up Once. You... 
you might be right, which is nope. wrong. I know, I know, I know. You may be right. You may be right. You may, may be right. It's going to be May. It's yes. you know, that May. <laughs> you may be right. Track seven, scenes from an Italian restaurant. Track eight, Captain Jack, which I actually switched in mid-episode. Track nine, the Downeaster Alexa. And track 10, we didn't start the fire. And my playlist went with track one, Angry Young Man from the concert album. Track two, Miami 2017 from the Songs in the Attic album. Track three, Pressure from the Nylon Curtain. Track four, I Go to Extremes from Stormfront. Track five, the title track, An Innocent Man. Track six, I'm so glad that you had this too, Melissa. Why Should I Worry from the Mm -hmm. Oliver and Company soundtrack. Track seven, Sometimes a Fantasy from Glass Houses. Track eight, Captain Jack from Piano Man. Track nine, Scenes from an Italian Restaurant from The Stranger. And track 10, the title track. I I I was gonna say the only closer again, but I can't say it now. So my only closer, Piano Man. Three very 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 awesome playlists here, folks. And I think there's gonna be a tough time voting on this one. And uh, I can't wait to listen to these playlists as you guys have them because a lot of great tunes we talked about tonight. Yeah, yes. I'm gonna go make them myself for you guys. I'm gonna make them and listen to them. Oh, you tomorrow. don't even have to. Just go to playlistwarspodcast.com. What a wonderful transition that was. Playlistwarspodcast.com <laughs> and you could click play and listen to the Spotify playlists right on the Billy Joel episode page. Well, thank you for making that so convenient for me. Yes, yes. When the show comes out, folks, you know. Yes, of course. Well, <laughs> they they're not hearing it if the show's not out. So of course <laughs> it's out when they're hearing it. <laughs> Melissa, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been so much fun. Why don't you let people know where they can find songs from the attic, where they can tune in, where they can see your live streams, where they can connect with you on social media. Well, first, thank you both so much for asking me. I really have been looking forward to this. And anytime you need or want to do anything Billy Joel related, uh, feel free to contact me. I'd love to be a part of it. What about what about the Muppets, though? If we did a Muppets. Oh, my God. Yes, please, please. We just got done doing my Jim Henson unit at school and his the death, his death of his anniversary was on a Sunday. So the kids wanted to do something on Monday, but they each made Muppets and they walk around singing and we've watched all the classic Muppet movies. We watched the Muppet show at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. You. Yeah. Sign me up for the Muppets. Hey, hey, Gomez. Gomez. We're doing a Muppets episode. I was just about the source. Yes, we have to. We have, we have to. to. It's happening. And Melissa, you're, you're you're doing it whether you want to or not. Oh, my God. I would love to. OK. We're penciling that in now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it now. You heard it here first, folks. OK. So. <laughs> You can find me and my wonderful husband every Sunday morning from 10 to 11 a.m. in three different ways. You can find us on the TuneIn Radio app at 87.7 FM, on the live stream, which is WVOARadio.com, or follow us on our Facebook group, Songs from the Attic Show Fans, and you can watch the entire show for the hour. So you get to see what happens behind the scenes when we're not playing just the songs that are being broadcast over terrestrial radio, which is always a very interesting thing that happens. <laughs> it is. I've seen many episodes and it is highly recommended. Definitely. Definitely. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough. Uh, Melissa, thank you for joining us tonight. Brian, my partner in crime on this. I can't thank you enough again for being here to all the listeners. Tune in to PlaylistWarsPodcast.com to hear all our other episodes and the newest ones that are coming out. 
Thank you and good night. You can find Playlist Wars on Facebook and Twitter at Playlist Wars, on Instagram at Playlist Wars Podcast, on email at playlistwars at gmail.com or via voicemail at 201-644-6498. That's 201-644-6498. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review and be sure to tell a friend or multiple friends about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening.